0: I live in Israel. This season is dedicated to the memory of the 1400 of my countrymen who were massacred on October 7th and the 240 people that were kidnapped and are being held hostage by the terrorist organization Hamas. Hopefully they will be returned to their families as soon as possible and hopefully this terrible war will be able to come to a peaceful end very soon. Welcome to Minute 49 of Season 6 of Move a Minute, the daily podcast where we take a Capra's journey through the 1946 classic It's a Wonderful Life, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again today is an Associate Professor of Screenwriting at DePaul University, Scott Myers. Welcome back to the show, Scott.
1: Great to be here. Look forward to continuing this comprehensive look at one of the key scenes in It's a Wonderful
0: Life. Yeah, just, uh, you know, start making plastics out of soybeans or or chili beans or something. (laughs) Good business advice. That's right. That's right. It's all in plastics, isn't it? (laughs) It sounds like that's something else that's been used. Exactly. I was going to say, it sounds like it's something else that's been used uh, often in movies. (laughs) Yeah, it's only 20 years later that they used it again. Yeah. Maybe it's just something very cyclical. Know, as as it maybe plastics is evergreen. Yeah. I have to go through the eighties and see if there were a movie where that was mentioned. I'm I'm sure there is. <laughs> I can't think of any offhand. The graduate was the only one that I can think oh. of besides this one. So yeah, yeah, yeah you stumped <laughs> me on that one, Scott. <laughs> maybe maybe it's in canine. <laughs> <laughs> Should have been in there. There you go. There you go. When you when you when when you do another remake of it, then uh, you know. Minute 49 begins with Mary making what sounds like a pitch for a commercial for uh, arid deodorant. And ends with Sam uh, calling out for them to pay attention. So yesterday we we ended things with George being very confused, getting ready to leave Mary's house. And Mary calls him over so that they can speak together with uh, their good friend uh, Sam sam wainwright and at this point sam wants them both to listen in and mary can't go listen on the extension because her mother is already listening there even though we saw that she hung it up but instead she she tells uh, george to, to get a little closer uh she says we can both hear come here she like uh, nudges him to get closer so that for anyone who's not familiar with the joke that i made at the at the beginning of the introduction of this episode the arid deodorant commercial do, do you remember, by any chance, Scott, the uh, the, the commercials for arid uh, deodorant?
1: I remember the deodorant. I don't remember the commercial.
0: So the commercials were uh, get a little closer, don't be shy. Get a little oh. closer with arid extra dry.
1: <laughs> oh, got the little rhyme thing going on.
0: <laughs> That's right. But the, the idea was is that, you know, the fact that, that uh, Mary wants uh, George to get very close here at this point. And then the two of them are, are listening in on the, the the you know on the phone extension. And and then Mary says, We're listening, Sam. And then Sam starts explaining his his whole idea. He says, Well, look, I have a big deal coming up that's gonna make us all rich. George, you remember that night in Martini's bar when you told me you'd read somewhere about making plastics out of soybeans? And then we hear in the background someone goes, chili beans. You shut up, will you? You remember out of chili, out of soybeans? Uh, yeah, 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 soybeans. Yeah. Well, listen, Dad snapped up the idea, and he's going to build a factory outside of Rochester. How do you like that, Rochester? Why? Why Rochester? Well, why not? Can you think of anything better? He says, well, I don't know. Just why not right here? You remember that uh, old tool and machinery works? You tell your father he can get that one for a song, and all the labor he wants to. Half the town was thrown out of work when they closed down. That's so well, I'll tell him. So, I I, I know I went through the whole dialogue here, but the, the the conversation just really flew between the two of them. The way that uh, it, it flows really well, the way that they they have it set up here, and and we can we learn so much about these characters just by. The, the the this dialogue you know this conversation that the two of them are having you know and, and I guess that answers the question that we asked yesterday as to why is Sam really calling you know he's calling under the pretense that, that Mary uh, you know might that he might be interested in Mary but in the end he just wants to give them this pitch he wants to, to help his friends become rich which I, I guess that's a, a good thing isn't it yeah it's, or is or this yeah, insider trading <laughs> <laughs> well, he does
1: say to buy up, you know, stock. He's, he's like, you know, um, you know, and the fact that it, it does become successful, uh, you know, does, uh, you know, su- suggest that he has, you know, proper motives. On the other hand, if it had flamed out and hadn't worked, then you know his friends would have lost a lot of money. It's just interesting that this this is the beginning of this conversation. The the, the conversation has a beginning, middle, and an end, like literally uh, you know, uh, three movements. And this first thing is just, on the surface, the text of the dialogue is to set this business thing into motion. But the underlying subtext of it, and it particularly comes out later uh, in, in some of the dialogue, is the way that it's, it's set up. Mary takes it, te- this is from the script, Mary takes the telephone from George and holds it so that of necessity, George's cheek is almost against hers He is very conscious of her proximity. So all this tech stuff is going on. But meanwhile, there's this physicality, the smelling and the eyesight and the proximity and the touch. All that stuff is going on. The actors are playing to that while Sam is making this pitch. It's really terrific. It sets into motion everything that goes forward for the rest of the, the
0: scene. Yeah, I mean the acting that that uh, Donna Reed and 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 Jimmy Stewart give us here is amazing, because yeah, you know they're they're supposed to be listening to this conversation, but the two of them are are listening more to their hearts as to what what's yeah. happening between them. You know, they have yeah. their heads against one another. We even see at a certain point that uh, I, I don't remember if it's in today's minute or tomorrow's minute, but that that George. Looks like he's smelling. He's, you know, like yeah. smelling her. Yeah. You know, he's, he's, yeah. he's, he's feeling the, the intimacy that the two of them are, are together here. Yeah. it you know,
1: recalls that, their night, uh, you know, together after, I mean, I would have swore years ago, but he's still, it's, 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 uh, reigniting those feelings that he had for her in that moment.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, first of all, I, I I like the fact that they they have the little shout-out here to the fact where Sam says, do you remember that night at martini's bar? Yeah. Okay, so one thing that tells us is, is that the two of them got together for drinks at some point. Okay, but, yeah. but there's a little bit of a problem here. Do you remember I told you what year this take place? Oh, Prohibition. <laughs> this is where this, we're going. Yeah, this takes place in 1932. It's in the middle of Prohibition. <laughs> <laughs> Hadn't thought of that. Um, so, I mean, if they were to say that we were at the speakeasy, you know, drinking, okay, yeah. I can sort of buy that. But you know, once once yeah. he says that they were at Martini's bar, how was Martini able to have a bar at that point? Yeah, you know, that that's the question that 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 I want to ask. I mean, four years earlier, when when they were getting ready to go to the party. Uh, so uh, you know, Peter Bailey has a conversation with Harry about drinking. You know, he says, "No gin, no gin for you." <laughs> so, that's right, no gin for you. That's right, but that's right. again, that was also during prohibition. <laughs> yeah, it ended in thirty-three. That's yeah. right. It ended in December thirty-three. So even even if we were to try and stretch it and say, okay, this is the summer of thirty-three, it's I mean, it's not, but you know. <laughs> They still have another year and a half till it till it gets canceled. So it's oh, it's, it's very interesting that they uh, you know I guess the the screenwriters didn't think about the fact that that when this is taking place. You
1: know. Well, I suppose you could you know if you really wanted it out. You remember when we went to that night at Martini's Bar and had drank Coca Cola. <laughs> you know <laughs> where we you know Martini's Martini's Bar was just serving non alcoholic drinks, but no, it doesn't. It, you know it certainly doesn't feel that way and that's a logical inconsistency but yeah. who cares
0: <laughs> no no I, I again I point out these inconsistencies because it's fun to point them out but not not because yeah. I'm you know <laughs> it doesn't detract from the movie at all it's like it it isn't that, that you know the the whole plot is is yeah. is based on the fact that they were in Martini's bar you know when when uh you know Miss Scarlet... uh you know, killed uh, Professor Plum with, with, with the rope. I mean, it doesn't matter. It's completely well, you insignificant. Came that
1: one. You came up with that other one, which is how did Mr. Potter get up to the second floor of the building alone? That's right. in a wheelchair. Yeah.
0: That's right. I, I've mentioned that numerous times. But I, I, that one, I have a great, you know, you, you heard my, my explanation yeah. for that. I <laughs> like, I like my explanation explana- a lot. I like my explanation. He's faking it. <laughs> faking it. He
1: just liked being in a wheelchair.
0: That's right. You no, know, he wants the sympathy.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah cool. you know that that actually makes sense. <laughs> so <Yeah>. yes. <laughs> so um, I mean, but but we we learn a lot about these characters. First of all, we we learn that that Sam's father is a uh, you know is a businessman, and he's looking to to open up these new businesses, you know, for to give jobs and and make a lot of money and stuff like that. So, I mean, I, 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 we see that, uh, that both Sam and George are basically going in their father's footsteps when it comes to, you know, finding a profession. You know, that I, maybe you but could say Sam, that they're under the tutelage of their parents or their fathers.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I hadn't thought about it, but Sam is excited to be following that path, whereas George is not at all. Correct.
0: But again, both of them are, are. This is their destiny. This is where they should be. You know, it goes back to what you were talking about earlier in the week, which means want and need. They both need to be in this place. You know, they don't necessarily. You know, George doesn't want to be there, but uh, Sam. I mean, come on. We we saw yesterday. Sam is is living. You know, is enjoying living life in in New York City. He's enjoying, you know, uh, being in the theater district. He's enjoying. You know, uh, you know, feeling important, looking important, acting important, all those things. So,
1: you know, it hadn't occurred to me, but the fact that there is that quick visuals of Sam in New York later on, when Potter makes that offer to George, go to New York every so often, you know, and take the away. Yeah. That it does kind of create a, more of a visual uh, reality to that like that's mm-hmm. the kind of a life that george could have but that's so right. uh, it's a tiny, tiny little visual but it does i think underscore potter's temptation that he says later on you know
0: yeah i mean again i i you you know this probably better than i do but but capra is a very visual director you know there yeah. there are things that 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 we are shown in this movie that you know, if you're not looking at the screen, you won't you won't know part of what's going on. You know, the whole fact that we were able to see the uh, the telegram. Yeah. You know, right. uh, reading the telegram tells us so much. But if you're not paying attention and you don't see that, then you're very confused. And even the photo of his son. That's right. His mm-hmm. right. Correct. Yeah. 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 Again, it, there, there are so many examples in this movie. Uh, I mean, I'm not as familiar with, with other Capra movies, but my assumption is, you know, he he follows that through there also. You know, the fact that he, um, you know, he keeps things very visual. He, he does a great job giving visual storytelling that helps move things along a little quicker, I guess you can say. You don't have to spend time explaining things if you just can see it real quickly. You know, that type of thing. Yep. And so he he suggests that they're gonna you know they're gonna build in this factory outside of Rochester. We already know that Bedford Falls is is in New York. We don't know exactly where it is in New York, and there there is a lot of contention as to you know if it's based on a real place or or not. So we're we're not going to go there again because we don't need to go there. <laughs> but what it comes down to though is is that uh, Rochester is apparently not that far away. That that's, that's the biggest assumption that you can make of that. Um, do you know anything about Rochester, New York?
1: Uh, that uh, gets a lot of snow, and there's the Rochester Institute of Technology. And doesn't
0: uh,
1: Kodak, weren't they headquartered out of Rochester? Or in that area? Yes,
0: yes they were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kodak, Xerox, Bosch, and Lam, um, Western Union. And then three others I've never heard of. Wegmans, Gannett, and Paychecks. Hmm. Don't know what any of those are. Gannett, um, I think, is the newspaper outfit, I think. Could be. Um, it's also uh, where a lot of the uh, abolitionists uh, began and the women's rights movement. <laughs> it is known as the, uh, the Flower City. And ironically... You, it's known as the flower F L O U R and the flower F L O W E R. It's known as both the flower city and the flower city because they have uh, much flower production and floriculture there. And also the 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 idea that it is the it's also known as the the imaging capital of the world because of uh, Kodak and Xerox. Cool. So you know it's 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 known for many things rochester new york well it's interesting in this
1: scene that george you know he's already confused and distracted and as we were talking about sort of upended psychologically and emotionally given everything that's been going on and now he's in proximity with mary close proximity and yet Mm -hmm. even here he says wait a minute why not here remember the old old tool of machinery work so he's He's still got that part of himself where he's committed to the local community. That that's that it. part of him is an instinct that he has no matter what level of confusion he may be in. He's still thinking about his fellow citizens in Bedford Falls.
0: Well, I think that's, what, that, that's part of the, the, the idea here of the personality of George, that no matter what, George always thinks of someone else before himself. You know, he yeah. wants to think about himself first, but he, he just never manages to do it. And, you know, as soon as uh, Sam makes this suggestion, he says to him, wait wait a second, why don't you just do it right here in Bedford Falls? You can help out all these people that have, that have recently lost their jobs. Don't you think Sam would have already known that also? You know, it's mm. it, it's used to help us get a better understanding of what's going on, but it's something that, that Sam should have theoretically already known or, you know, because again, if it, if if you have this, the old tool and machinery works that relatively recently closed down and that everyone was was out of work. I mean, I don't think – we're not talking about something that everyone's been out of work for 20 years. You know, people have been out of work maybe for a few months. That's what I would think. So, you, you know, I, I guess, you know, Sam and his father are, aren't necessarily thinking first and foremost of, of Bedford Falls.
1: Yeah, and he's been living in New York and living the high life and he's got this girl and he goes to plays and he's got three right. telephones on his desk. So, you know, maybe he's not dialed in or but or maybe he is aware of it, but that's not his 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 uh, realm of reference. Right. You know, he's thinking big, he's thinking, you know, Rochester's a bigger city than Bedford Falls, but not George. George is absolutely thinking about his community.
0: Right. Well that that's the whole idea. George is you know George thinks of Bedford Falls first as much as he hates it
1: you know Uh, it calls back to to me like when Peter is talking to him at that great scene which you've done where that final meal together Mm -hmm. that Peter does identify something in George that George may not quite understand yeah that he does have an instinct for empathy and concern for other people and Peter tries to make the point that I feel like what I'm doing here, you know, what the savings and loan is doing is actually doing something of significance. It's Maybe not building bridges or skyscrapers, but we are giving people roofs over their heads. And, you know, we're, we're we are doing and, and that he sees in George, a guy who would be able to do that. That's right. You know, has an
0: instinct for it. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, I think I think it's great that the, the the comparison. And to, that's really good. And then uh, Sam continues and goes, Well, that's so well, I'll I'll tell him. So, in other words, it's his father who's making all the decisions here. (laughs) And he goes, Hey, that sounds great. Oh, baby, I knew you'd come through. Now, that's a little strange that he's calling George baby, but okay. (laughs) Because, again, I don't think he he obviously didn't expect to speak to George. He was hoping to speak to Mary. (laughs) So, you know, maybe maybe it's a weird. Maybe he tried calling George's reference. house, yeah. and you know George's mother said, "Oh, he's at Mary's," and he went, oh, I can I, I can oh. uh, you know catch uh, two birds with one stone. Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I that, I mean that works except for the fact that he doesn't mention I tried reaching you at home and your mother told me you were here. No. here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no. But again, you know, the, you know, or or when Mary says George is here, he was said, "Oh, I know George is there." Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. You know what anything's possible. Um, and then uh, Sam continues and goes, "Now here's the point, Mary. Mary, you're in on this too." And you know he wants them to really pay attention. And people are gonna have to come back tomorrow to hear what he actually has to say. Uh, one thing I wanted to go back on the the, the phrase that that. Uh, that he says earlier, where he says uh, you can tell your father he you can get that get that for a song. Have you ever heard that phrase before?
1: Yeah, I have. I I know that it means basically for not a lot of money. You know, you can get it for cheap. I mm-hmm. don't know why that's how that reference came about, but I imagine you've done some research and can enlighten us.
0: Yes. So first of all, you are correct. It means uh, getting something at a very cheap uh, price. You know, that's what it comes down to. And it actually uh, originated uh, well, we know that the earliest uh, the earliest reference to this phrase comes from Shakespeare in, yeah. in his uh, play All's Well That Ends Well. Because he has a quote there that says, "I know a man that has this trick of melancholy, hold a goodly manner for a song." And uh, he said that the, at at that time people would uh, you know sing on the street for pennies, and that's why they they thought of them as being very cheap. Oh, uh, hmm. Shakespeare! Yep, Shakespeare. God, God. he originated <laughs> so many <laughs> phrases and amazing. All right. Do you have anything else you want to say about this minute? Uh,
1: other than the fact that it sets up for tomorrow's discussion, which for my students, I say, if you want to want dialogue with subtext, here you
0: go. Just <laughs> check this out. All right. Great. So every Thursday we have a segment called Jimmy Stewart Thursday, where my guests will give their top five Jimmy Stewart performances. So, Scott, why don't you start with your number five and work your way up?
1: Oh, this is tough. Uh,
0: I never said this was going to be easy.
1: Come on. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess I'd start with uh, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, Jefferson Smith. Uh, it's a tremendous performance. I I did not read once when he – Jimmy Stewart was such a committed actor. He's my favorite actor. Jimmy Stewart was such a committed actor that the, the, the legend is, I think it's true, that he would coat his throat with iodine. In order to get that raspy thing when he's doing the big uh you know speech in, in congress but it's a great performance uh then i went to the philadelphia story mike connor he's a tabloid reporter it's a wonderful uh you know jimmy stewart showing off his uh his his, his kind of romantic comedy chops there's a great scene between him where he's drunk with Cary grant and he burps uh, i think that was you I mean, gary grant almost b- breaks at that point but i mean that whole scene that movie is terrific um of course you got all the hitchcock movies vertigo the man who knew too much and rope but i went with jeffrey's the rear window because that's such an incredible role where a guy basically is stuck in the apartment the whole time and yet he carries it um then i went to the man who shot liberty balance which is another time where ransom Stoddard, where he plays uh a politician who comes back and that's a really interesting movie with some great performances john wayne lee marvin is a bad guy like a really bad guy but i'd have to end up with george bailey is a wonderful life i think if i'm not mistaken doesn't jimmy stewart say that's his favorite role of all time was playing george bailey uh, i believe so. so yeah i it's it's an incredible role you know we we tend to think of it oh it's this wonderful christmas movie but it's got a lot of edge and darkness to it and you know, he's got some moments in there where you see this rage that's built up inside of him, this anger about being stuck in this place. Um, you know, it's a very dramatic role. He's shaking Uncle Billy, "Where's my money, you old fool!" Yeah. So it's a, it's a terrific role, and uh, all of them, all of these roles I just mentioned are great, and many more, Harvey and others. But uh, yeah, those are my five top, my top five.
0: All right, great. So you want to once again tell people where they can find uh, Scott Myers?
1: So I have a blog, a screenwriter blog called Go Into the Story. It's uh, the official screenwriting blog of The Blacklist, uh, which is an important uh, brand in Hollywood. Uh, It's around for 15 plus years, so it's got a lot of information there. It's all free. Um, And then uh, I have a book out called The Protagonist's Journey, an introduction to character-driven screenwriting and storytelling uh, which is uh, a different approach to screenwriting. It's not focusing so much on plot as it is focusing on characters and using and immersing ourselves in their lives to then drive the plot process. Uh, and uh, you can find it on Amazon and other booksellers. On Amazon, it's the number one, has been the number one bestseller in film and TV, and it's five star rated. So, uh, yeah, I'd like to encourage people Christmas time, or I guess this is going to air in January. Uh, post Christmas New Year <laughs> check it out if you're interested in screenwriting and storytelling it's, uh, it's done quite well
0: alright great and while you're doing that you can go rate, review, and subscribe to any podcast you might be using to listen to the show finding me is very simple just do a quick search for Movie Minute. you can find me on Twitter you can find me on my website MovieRoundMinute.com and you can find me on Facebook so Scott you feel like coming back again tomorrow to finish off this week
1: Oh, yeah. It's all been building up to this this moment. I'm really ready
0: for it. <laughs> all right. Okay, so until tomorrow, hot dog. Hot dog. I love you truly, truly did. Life with its sorrow. Life with its tears.